it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. What's going on, people? This is episode 25 of Off the Line Fantasy Football Podcast. Quarter of a century of, of pods that we put out. Again, my host is you. My name is Eugene. I'm one of the hosts of the show. You can find me on Twitter at, at Fantasy Genes. That's G E N E S. You can also follow my our official Twitter handle at Off the Line FF. To the other hosts of the show, Ike, how you feeling? The draft is over with, man. How how you holding up? Let me verify that this has really been 25 episodes because that is crazy. Yeah, that man, is crazy. 25. We are already 25 episodes in. Yeah, man. Yeah. Time, time is flying when you're having fun. It, 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 it is. It is indeed. And you are correct. That is 25 episodes. Wow. Yeah. We are down. Yeah. Um, uh, I can be found on Twitter at just underscore Ico9. Yeah, man. Uh, the draft was as crazy as we thought it was going to be. You know, due to the all due due to all of the you know speculation of where this player is going to go, where that player is going to go, and that we didn't have that much of a consensus on one any particular player. The only thing that we kind of knew for sure for for certain was maybe a couple of days before the draft that Jacksonville was leaning towards taking Trevon Walker at number one, uh, completely flipping from you know, Aiden Hutchinson. But outside of that, we had no idea how the rest of the draft was going to go. Like, absolutely no idea. And it was one of those rare cases where basically it lived up to the billing. It lived up to the billing. I was out watching with a you know a couple of buddies of mine, and every single you know moment, you know, we looked up and there was a trade happening. Somebody yep. was moving up. Somebody was moving back. You know, somebody was getting acquired. Uh, you know, two wide, two veteran wide receivers got traded within like 10 minutes of each other <laughs> you know marquise yeah. brown got traded to the cardinals and then aj brown got traded to the eagles and i my jaw absolutely dropped when aj brown got traded to the eagles that was completely you know out of left field and maybe 15 20 minutes after that he was announced that he was signing a four-year 100 million dollar right, right. <laughs> can you blame him can you blame them no lock that, you, lock that shit down now yeah, exactly. And that's basically what we've seen all offseason. When somebody, when one of these veteran wide receivers gets traded, boom, immediately signed a new contract. Tyreek Hill did it. Devontae Adams did it. So, yeah, man, it, it, it was it was a wild night. And, um, you know, I, I couldn't have been more 
more uh, entertained, um, entertained um, for lack of a better term. So, <laughs> and you know, in 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 this particular draft, uh, you know, history was made. There were seventeen wide receivers drafted in, in the first three rounds, and that's that was tied for the most in the common era. And six um, wide receivers were drafted in the top twenty, and that was most, you know, easily the most in the common draft era. So, wide receivers were going, going like hotcakes all night in the first round and yeah it, it was it was it was a wild wild night yeah this whole weekend this whole draft weekend was pretty crazy cuz i mean you know the the dd crew led by ray and jay rich i mean it was pretty much a draftathon we just you know kind of live streamed the throughout the whole draft on friday and saturday sunday uh the 4 4d chess guys they did a live stream through throughout the 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 day 3 draft which was fun so I mean, we had, I mean, I know I had a lot of fun, you know, going on live stream, talking football with some of our, some of our people, you know, some of the, a lot of the people that, that listened to, to Ray G in the morning, they, they enjoyed themselves. We had over 500 people listening to us throughout those first two days. So it was amazing just to just chop it up, talk football with amongst your peers, your, some of your friends. So it was a great Mm -hmm. time. So, you know, now we rested up and, you know, now we're here to talk about the aftermath of all these these crazy movements that that happened through the course of this past weekend. So, you know, let's not even waste no more time and get into it. Yes, so let's talk about teams that help themselves help themselves the most in terms of fantasy perspective. Uh, the first one, I mean, without even, you know, don't even waste any time. The Eagles, man, like. They got really aggressive. They had they had the pieces to you know go move up to go get a wide receiver that they wanted, and at the spot they're at, you know they were just like you know what, let's let's go get somebody that's established in this league, and 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 let's pay him. So they got they got Jalen, a, a true number one wide receiver, and AJ Brown. Um, I mean, what else can you do? I mean, what else can you say? They they smashed their draft. They 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 got more pieces around for for Jalen, so he doesn't really have any excuses at this point. So either you either gonna show out, get paid, or you're gonna flame out and you know you're gonna just be a backup, you know, just fade into to the dust. And they go go draft their, your your replacement or go trade for one next year. So um, the Eagles were were my first fantasy perspective uh, team that really helped themselves. Where you got, or if you want to add anything to that. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. That was that was one of the ones that I was going to go with. You know, just trading for AJ Brown, a stud in his own right. You know, you just you know, anytime you have an opportunity to do that, you you have to take that chance. You know, you have to be aggressive. You feel like you're close. You feel like you're close to potentially you know competing in a in a basically weak division. I mean, they they ask people people forget people talk about the Eagles. You know, like they're you know one of the worst teams in the league, but they made the playoffs last year. <laughs> they have, they made the playoffs. It's hard to believe. Yeah, they made the playoffs. They got stomped out by Tampa Bay, but they made the playoffs. <laughs> uh, the Cowboys put a 50-burger on them in the last game of the season, but they still made the playoffs. <laughs> so they're not a bad team, and they're not that far off, right? And they just need a couple of things to kind of break right. They had a lot of injuries last year, um, you know, but now they you know they improved you know, their, their defensive line. They got Jordan Davis in the middle of the first round. Like, that was, you know, I think where he got drafted was a steal. Um, So, you know, he's going to be terrorizing, you know, opposing, you know, um, offensive lines, including ours in Dallas, including the ones in Dallas um, for, for, for years to come. So they, they did themselves 
they did themselves a you know a, a huge a huge solid you know by you know making the right moves on draft night and but it definitely starts with that AJ Brown acquisition for sure. Um, the one the, the next one that I had um, it was it was a tie between these two teams, but I'll, I'll start I'll I'll go first with Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh definitely helped themselves um, from a fantasy perspective, setting themselves up for the future by drafting you know Kenny Pickett in the first round and you know as we talked about the last couple of weeks, you know anyone any one of these quarterbacks that lands in Pittsburgh, they're landing in a, you know, in an, in an awesome situation, you know, with, with Chase Claypool, with Deontay Johnson, Najee Harris, who they drafted last year, you know, and, and Pat Fryer moved a very talented tight end and an improving, potentially improving offensive line. But on top of that, they drafted two wide receivers. <laughs> they drafted George Pickens <laughs> from, you know, wide receiver from Georgia. Um, and they drafted Calvin Austin, uh, the speedster. So, you know, they, they, you know they 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 definitely you know upgraded their their receiving cores and and it, and it made and it, it may have sent a message to uh, you know Chase Claypool and sent a message to Deontay Johnson about you know you know about their futures right about their futures and the one of the funny things about uh, Chase Claypool is when he he announced he announced the pick of George Pickens <laughs> man that 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 is uh, that is awkward as hell awkward as hell. So uh, yeah, but I but I do think you know Pittsburgh, you know from a fantasy fantasy perspective, um, you know helped themselves a lot. And Kenny Pickett is going to have a chance to start um, in Week One, according to Coach Mike Tomlin. So that's another thing to keep an eye on, uh, or keep an eye out for. Yeah, and my last team, uh, well, going back Pittsburgh, I think you hit everything on the head. Uh, they're set up very well to, you know, go put numbers up offensively for sure. And plus Kenny Pickett, they got the quarterback of their future. So they're set up very nicely for 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 fantasy purposes. My last team is the New York Jets. So it's surprising because you would think you think New York Jets and, you know, they usually fuck up their drafts. But in this case, <laughs> they 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 played it. They played it very well, man. Like they did. They surrounded Zach Wilson with more talent. You know, you uh, with with uh, Garrett Garrett Wilson at ten. You you're getting McKay, McKay Beckton back healthy. Like you got a young offensive line that should be really good. You got Elijah Moore on top of that. You got Corey Davis for I mean for for what it's worth. I mean that's still a a wide receiver that's in at least decent decent enough to you know where everybody doesn't get – you can't just double cover them. So, And then on top of that, you you upgrade the tight end room with with uh, CJ Uzama, nah, uh, <laughs> Tyre yeah. Conklin. He's nah, – he, I yeah. mean, he's okay. And then, yeah. I mean, you added uh, Rucker. Uh, what, what was that, their fourth-round pick? Yeah, they uh, I think he was drafted fourth. fourth round. Yeah. Yeah, so Jeremy Rucker. So, I mean, you – I mean, you've added pieces, man, so – Again, so Zach Wilson, another player that has no excuses, like they'll replace you if you don't if you don't really do anything. So it, it's time to you know let's we'll saddle up and, and get something done this this uh this next year for him. So yeah, that Wilson um, to Wilson connection is going to be something uh, <laughs> a sight to behold, isn't it? <laughs> Wilson, hopefully, Wilson. yeah, hopefully. Uh, so let's move on to the teams that did not help themselves. You want to go ahead and go first. Yeah, I think it's pretty obvious. Uh, the Chicago Bears. What are you doing? What are you? What are y'all doing right now? Like <laughs> seven undrafted free agent wide receivers. Like 
Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? <laughs> You know, the, the, you know, the bear, you know, I, I, I did talk a couple of weeks ago about, you know, being kind of intrigued by any, any rookie wide receiver going there to play with Fields, play with Mooney, um, play with, you know, you know, Cole Komet and David Montgomery. But man, they, this, this entire offseason, they have not really done much to help Justin Fields. They just really haven't. Uh, you know, this, I mean, you know, they drafted a, a wide receiver in the third round of uh, Bellis Jones from, from Tennessee, who's a, about to be 25 years old feel like he's been in college for forever and so it's just yeah i i don't i don't know i'm kind of kind of disgusted by by the bears moves on um, this offseason and, and the draft how they didn't really directly address um you know their wide receiver position uh the way they should have with especially with some value left on the board at the times at the time that they uh, where they picked um so yeah that's that that was my team um, that didn't really help themselves uh, this this draft weekend my selection was the New York, the New England Patriots. They had a chance, you know, to upgrade their the wide receiver room in the draft, and you know they decided to draft somebody in the second round, Tyquan Thornton. Outside of him being a four-two, he's not really good at actually playing football, in my opinion. And you spend a second round pick on someone that should have been like a fifth or sixth rounder. Uh, yikes. And then you traded your third round pick to go get Devontae Parker on top of that. I'm not sure. I mean, Devontae's okay. He's always hurt, though. I mean, uh, uh, and, so, and somehow, and somehow the Cowboys only got a fifth rounder for Amari Cooper, <laughs> who's a much better receiver than Devontae Parker. Bruh, but hey, that's, Look, you know, yeah. you know that's, that, that's another story for another day. I can go it on about, when we go when we go on to our team previews uh, later on this summer. Hoo-hoo-bee. <laughs> yeah. So then you also got Jacoby Myers. Uh, uh, you got Kendrick Bourne. I mean, he did a little something here and there. You yeah. Got Nelson Aguilar. That. Uh, they still got something called Nikhil Harry on the roster. Uh, did they? I think. Oh, you know what? I think. Uh, I think he was on the trade block, but they didn't. Yeah, think for him, obviously. Of course, nobody <laughs> traded for him. <laughs> yeah, I got a notification. I got that notification on draft weekend that you know Nikhil Harry and Andy Isabella were on the trade block for you know day three picks, and I'm like, <laughs> are you kidding me? Who's gonna okay. trade for those? Who's gonna give up draft capital for those guys? Yeah, <laughs> just cut them now, my guys. Just, just cut them. Yeah, just cut them. Um, you know, and then also they uh New England in the first one, they 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 drafted Cole Strange, somebody that a lot of people didn't have him go until what the beginning of day three or the end of day two, and they decided, you know what, let's let's get this guy a a fifth year option type of any, contract. So any relation to Stephen Strange. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> oh yeah, and I'm I am absolutely looking forward to to Doctor Strange tomorrow night. Oh that yeah, is going to yeah. be a an epic epic movie. Um, but yeah, sorry, sorry, sorry to do no side. Correct. I know side Couldn't note. Help Couldn't bro, help myself. Side note, and I was about to shoot. Let me just continue. I I, I got my tickets for Friday, man. I, I I looked at some of some leaks, and um, oh, I decided. Yeah, I, I haven't. I, I haven't looked in, looked at any leaks. I haven't even looked at anything related to Doctor Strange uh, over the last I don't know last week or so. I mean, I've probably seen like a a TV spot here or a TV spot there, but normally around this time, I'm always looking, reading uh, Reddit for theories and stuff like that about what's going to happen. I haven't even done yeah. any of that. I don't want I don't want to get spoiled. I don't, don't want to get 
um, get the movie ruined for me before. So I've, I've done pretty well. I did pretty well with Spider-Man last time uh, with, you know, staying away from leaks, staying away from spoilers. So, yeah, I just have, you know, 24 hours left, 24 hours left until it's uh, until it's until it's game time. Yeah, I'm kind of mad that I fell into looking at a couple leaks, man. But I am yeah. very excited for yeah. what I saw from the leak. So well, let's, side, let, let's get back into it. <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. All right. So, yeah, New England, they fucked up. So <laughs> on, to, uh, <laughs> on to players who landed in best landing spot situations. So here we want to talk about, you know, the rookies that we that we saw get drafted this past weekend. And, you know, talk about some of the spots they landed in. And I guess – us thinking that there were good landing spots. So, Ike, I'm going to let you take this first one because I know you like this player already. So, go ahead. Yeah, you know, it's uh, he's a polarizing player, and um, he solidified himself as a second-round pick. And um, it's it's none other than Sky Moore, wide receiver from Western Michigan, landing in Kansas City. Uh, I think this was a perfect, absolutely perfect landing spot for him, tethered to Patrick Mahomes. He's got a ton of open targets, um, you know, after Travis Kelsey, of course. Um, but, you know, back at Western Michigan in his final year, he had a 43% dominator rating. And, you know, he, you know, he exploded onto the scene as a, you know, as a true freshman having over 800 yards. Um, and he just continues to get better each year. And, um, you know, when he, when, he, when he gets to Kansas City, he should immediately play in three wide receiver sets, you know, right out the gate. He's very versatile, can play inside and outside. You definitely need that versatility in that Kansas City offense, especially with Andy Reid calling the plays. Um, but, you know, currently, as, as it stands right now, I mean, this is only May 4th, and obviously things will change between now and September. His current ADP, he's going in the, the middle of the 10th round, early 11th round in, in redraft leagues. And I suspect that that will definitely climb um, over, the next, over the next several months. I think he may he he's he's clearly going to get in the single digits, but I think he I think you know as soon as we you know start you know hearing some training camp buzz, we start seeing him you know in in, in preseason games. It you know the, you just go ahead and strap a jet pack, uh, you know, to his back, and, and his ADP is just going to take off. And I think when it's all said and done, you know, by the beginning of September, he'll probably land somewhere in the seventh or eighth round. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, on the high end, so I think he'll probably top out at like you know round eight. But that's that's kind of where I see it see it happening uh, see it happening for him. He's he's in a he's in a wonderful spot. Um, he just has you know his Juju and Marquez Valdez Scantling, uh, you know, to, to compete with um, for wide receiver targets because we know you know what Kelsey's going to bring. But yeah, he's he's in a he's in a very favorable spot. So. I do like the spot, but I feel like he's gonna have to wait a year before we really want to, before we see what we what we want to see, because we've been so spoiled with wide receivers doing like great year one, and I think a lot of people are just like so hyped up about him being tethered to to Mahomes that we might want to you know be a little more realistic now. Saying that. There's about 260 targets that have left Kansas City through this offseason through uh, Tyreek with 160. You got Demarcus Robinson for what that's worth for 40 targets. And then you got Brian Pringle for 60. So, I mean, the targets, there's enough targets there to be available for what Sky Moore, 
Juju who they brought in in MVS. It's just a matter of how do we think that's going to be spread out amongst the three. And obviously, Nicole Hartman, he had 83 targets last year. I imagine it might go up a little bit more, but um, but we'll see. He's but, not that leads me, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that leads me to my question for you. Cap or no cap, we we bringing it back for this, you know, for a couple of questions that we want to do for the uh for the listeners that don't know what this segment means or even know what cap means is basically when somebody says cap is just a basically another word for saying line. So if I was to tell you like, hey, um, you know, Ike has a bunch of hair on his head, Ike would respond with Cap. <laughs> All right. So now Whatever. that y'all get Whatever. that. <laughs> so my question to Ike is cap or no cap, he reaches over 800 receiving receiving yards year one. Mm, that's a good one. Um, and I'm, I'm assuming that's his line, right? That's his current, that's his current line in, uh, I think, Price Picks. Price Picks said yeah, line Yeah, so yes, yes. So Price Picks currently, before you answer the question, Price Picks currently has uh, your top wide receiver, rookie wide receivers lines out available to be, you know, put in in uh, in groups or parlays for, you know, for a price or wherever you want to bid on in terms of making money off of it for futures. And his line was the high, I believe his was the highest out of all the rookie wide receivers, actually, at, at 800 and a half. His was, yep, he was he was the second highest. Uh, the only person above him was Trey Line at eight, 850 and a half. So do you believe Sky Moore will reach eight, at least like 800 and a half receiving yards year one? Well, despite, you know, everything that I, you know, outlined, and how he's in, how he's in a favorable spot. I'm just gonna I'm gonna take the under on this, only because you know he's a rookie and he'll and, and to your point it'll have he'll he he'll have to he'll he'll it'll take some time for him to to really you know to really really ramp up due to the you know due to the veterans you know they'll they'll probably play the veterans first right they'll play Juju they'll play MBS you know that's how they, a lot of these coaches like to do that they like to be very 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 conservative. Uh, and, uh, with their rookies, them early on um, until they, you know, they really, really get their, you know, get their feet wet and get their feet under them. And we'll we'll probably see a, a a better second half of the season from him than the first half. He may get out, you know, get out slow, you know, come out of the block slow, um, but he'll probably explode in the second half, and then he'll his his ADP, you know, in the following off season will be you know off the charts. But at least right as for right now, his rookie year reaching over 800 yards. I would say under. I would probably bet the under on that. Uh, if if yeah. I were, if I were to, you know, if I were, if if I were to bet today, I would probably bet the under on that. Yeah. So for me, I'm also going to go under, and be, only because, like, if you look at the rookie wide receiver numbers for the past two years, the one, the one glary thing for the wide receivers that went over 800 yards their rookie season is that they had. They averaged, they all averaged over like 105 targets. So for me, I'm looking at him and it's like, do I think he's going to receive at least 100 targets? I don't believe so. So if he's not going to get that many targets, then I don't think he's going to reach the threshold of 800, 800 and a half yards. So uh, I like his landing spot for year two because of Juju is a one year deal. Uh, MVS is, you know, MVS is just a field stretcher. I believe McCole Harmon, I believe this is also his last year and they yep. can let him go also. So 
year two could be really, really, really big for him. I just think year one, they kind of ease him into it, trying to figure out his 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 way around you know, the offense, Mahomes, and the NFL. So it looks like we agree on that. So yeah. my next uh, – our next player, player or players that we think that had a good landing spot was uh, Traylon Burks and uh, low-key Malik, Malik Willis. So uh, this could potentially uh, be a future duo because T- Tannehill – this is essentially his last year. This is the last year of guaranteed money on his contract. They can let him go uh, for fairly almost nothing if after this season. Yeah, a little. Uh, no Traylon, yeah, Traylon is basically the 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 replacement of AJ because they shipped him off. They got it, and then they they drafted Traylon Burke. So basically, there's like, okay, you're the replacement. Come in here and you know, be our number one. Basically, as Robert Woods recovers from his torn ACL from the previous year. And then Malik could potentially be the replacement for Tannehill. Um, we'll see. I mean, he was drafted in the third round. So that, I mean, you're not really committed to a third-round running back. You could you could draft a first round next year if they wanted to give Malik a chance to, you know, win the job outright next year. And um, he might even have a chance to play sooner because, I mean, Tannehill said he had to go to therapy for what it's worth after he – blew that game versus the Bengals in the playoffs last year. So yeah. Shoot, he might he he still might be shaking. He still might not be good. And they might just be like, all right, you know what? We're just gonna go to the rookie. We don't have nothing to lose. We didn't no. So we'll see. And then plus he if you give that give that a chance to to Malik, it's not like they're gonna be asking him to do too much. They're a run heavy offense. So they're just gonna expect him to hand the ball off to to King to Henry. Derek, yeah, King Henry about 30 times a game. You know, let let Traylon get the ball fairly fairly close to the, the line of scrimmage and do work. Same thing for Robert Woods. So if he gets a chance, um, I don't think they will ask him to do too too much. So uh, I think that's a pretty that's a pretty good landing spot for him to to get on the field fairly sooner than later. So you got anything to add to that? Um, I saw something on Twitter. I can't remember who tweeted it. They they said that the Titans basically replace AJ Brown with AJ Brown. <laughs> <laughs> basically <laughs> because they look similar they look very very similar in their playing styles and uh, i think a couple of weeks ago whenever we were on with jay rich and talking about our you know the the odds of some of these players getting drafted i, I said Traylon burks was a mix of aj brown and des bryant put together or something yep so um and i firmly believe that i mean they that's you just just look at just look at him just he's he's a he's a freak he's a specimen but Obviously, yeah. he didn't test well, didn't test very well at the combine or his pro day. So that's probably why people were down on him. Um, that's the main reason why they were people were down on him. But you know, as we've seen many, many times in the past, you know, you can have you know elite tape like he does, and uh, and and that's ultimately what translates um, to the to you know to to Sundays. And I think that that'll be uh, very true of Traylon Burks. All right, what do you got for the next player? I already I already kind of touched on uh, Kenny Pickett a little bit, but I want to talk about James Cook, uh, running back for the Buffalo Bills. Uh, he was drafted in the second round, so um, in all in all offseason, you know Buffalo Buffalo basically told us what they wanted to do. Um, they wanted to add a pass catching running back. You know, JD McKissick flaked on them, so you know they wanted to you know they, they wanted to find a way to, to you know to lock that position in, and um, you know James Cook, you know probably the best pass catching running back in the draft 
and they got him in the second round. And you know he's going he's going to an elite offense. Uh, he has an elite skill set, and he can he he can get open against linebackers at will. You know you saw you saw a lot of those routes he ran against Michigan in that in that uh in the, in that bowl game. And so he was you know he this is this is a you know perfect landing spot for him. And this you know I've I've heard mixed mixed things about whether or not this hurts Devin Singletary. Uh, but it does, and, you know. Ultimately, at the end of the day, it does because he's not going to be getting passing work. <laughs> you know, we we thought you know Devin Singletary was going to get be getting you know uh, well, you know we we saw him you know sort of the, you know the back end back half of the season you know get most of the you know touches you know carries and targets um, out of the backfield and you know basically relegating Zach Moss to to just you know breather back right. So um, this this further hurts Zach Moss and this still hurts. Uh, Devin Singletary. So I think James Cook will, will get on the field and he's show he's shown some, you know, pretty, you know, pretty good running ability as well. Um, you know, out of all the backs in this 2022 class, um, he had the highest explosive run rate at 8% or 8.1% um, over Kenneth Walker, over Brees Hall, uh, over all the running backs that were drafted. So, you know, James Cook is, you know, a solid back. And I think, you know, his, his role is, is his role as a pass catching back is, um, is, is obviously going to be there, but people are kind of overlooking his rushing ability as well because I think he 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 may be in the mix um, to get some care, you know, take to take to take some carries away uh, from Devin, Devin Singletary. Yeah, for James Cook, uh, the I'm not sure if it was the GM or somebody from from upper management came out and was talking about how they wanted to get a, a, a running back that had the pass catching skill set, somebody you can actually deploy as a pass a pest catcher, somebody you can line up in the slot and they can go and beat whoever is lined up in front of them. And that's what they got with James Cook. Um, we'll see about the the rushing aspect. I know because watching him last year, he he was okay at it, but he did go down. As soon as you touched him, he just went straight to the ground. Um, the one good thing for him is that Singletary's contract ends after this year. So we'll see if they even think about renewing that. They do still got Zach Moss, but I mean, you saw what we you saw towards the end of the year what they thought about him. They just didn't healthy he scratch wasn't even on the, yeah healthy scratch. He couldn't even couldn't get on the field, man. So we will see, but it is a good spot for him to you know get on get on the field and at least and do passing down work. So that's very valuable in fantasy for sure. All right, so a player that we had for a bad landing spot. I think a lot of people amongst the wide uh, the fantasy community all kind of consensus on this for the most part is Jahan Dotson. Um, first off, we thought it was a reach to, for them to go get a wide receiver that was 5'9", 170 pounds in the middle of the first round. Uh, I, yeah, I don't know about that. Yeah, I didn't think that was a wise choice. Uh, on top of that, you already got Carson Wentz. Wentz, whatever you want to call him, just <laughs> not a good quarterback. I've never seen him support more than one wide receiver in terms of being a good fantasy value. So, and you're already dealing with with Tarek McLaurin. You're, and then you're dealing with JD McKissick. Then you're dealing with Logan Thomas because you know you know Carson Wentz loves throwing to the tight end. So, if Logan is healthy, then he should be pretty decent, I think. And then on top of that, they're a run first offense. Um, so I'm not sure what kind of what kind of work that we're going to be looking to see from from Jahan. And then you got whatever you want to think of Curtis Samuel 
for whatever that's worth. So, yeah. but we know in three wide receiver sets, he might, he probably would be on the field, but just, I don't know, man. I just, I don't know about that offense and the fit with him. So you got anything yeah. to add with that? It, it's, it's a, it's a weird, it's a weird fit. Um, Like I completely agree. I don't know what to make of um this, this landing spot for him. Quarterback's bad. Um, offensive scheme isn't the greatest. Um, and, and Curtis Samuel, he has not been healthy since he's been in Washington. So there's, there's a, I, I say, I, I guess there's a path for him to get, to get snaps, to get targets potentially. But how, what, what are the quality of those targets look like? You know, what, you know, what does that, what does that really mean for him? So, and I don't know what type of, I don't know how he really compliments Terry McLaurin because you at least want somebody on the other side that compliments, you know, compliments the, you know, the, the alpha. Um, you know, fairly, you know, fairly well, and I don't know how he, I don't know how he's going to compliment him. So it, I, I guess it just remains to be seen. And um, so, yeah, that's, I guess that's, you know, that's my take on it. I don't, I don't see this as a, as a great landing spot for him at all. Yeah. All right. So players who land in spots that are kind of flying under the radar, you want to go ahead and hit the first one? Yeah, uh, I like David Bell, a uh, wide receiver um, out of um, Purdue. He, he he went to the Browns. Um, that you know, there's there's a path for targets um, for him. Um, you know, getting you know getting you know quality quality passes from Deshaun Watson and outside of Amari Cooper, you don't really have much. He doesn't really have much target competition. He, you know, Donovan Peoples Jones is 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 an athletic freak, um, but he's been hit or miss since you know since coming into the league, and he hasn't. He's he's battled in, battled injury, um, but outside of him, I mean, yeah, who 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 do you have? How, I mean, outside of you know, Amari Cooper, who do you have? Anthony Schwartz, you can't really count on him. Couldn't really count on him last year as, you know, as a rookie. You know, uh, you know, David Njoku, he is it's it's a solid tight end, um, but you know he you know David Bell, he he's 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 a solid slot slot guy, a superb route runner. Um, you saw a lot of his routes, you know. Saw, saw a lot of his route running prowess at Purdue, and he's he can definitely get open. Um, Deshaun Watson is an accurate quarterback, so this is this is a landing spot that you know a lot of people aren't talking about um, enough. And um, you know he has third round draft capital, so it's not like he he was drafted in like you know the, you know the you know fourth, fifth, sixth round. Third round draft capital is 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 rel- tell it's is very is very telling. It's very telling. So. I like this David Bell uh, to to Cleveland. Yeah, I, I just want to advise people, even though they his his testing numbers weren't good, and you know people were sour about that, but he does have the breakout. He does have the 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 stats to back up the production that he he had in college compared to you know some of these other people that were hyping up. So I, I think it's definitely be a, a great great potential for him to get on the field right away, especially with Stefanski already coming out and saying that they want to. You know, open the offense up more. They're running a lot of. The, they showed Deshaun Watson their playbook, and Deshaun was like, "Yeah, we ran a lot of these plays with the Texans." So, there's, I mean, there's potential there for for him to to do something because, like you said, there's there's really nobody there. I mean, we're DPJ is like people have been hoping for him since he was in Michigan. So, yeah. I mean, uh, and then and then Kevin Stefanski saying saying that he wants to open up the offense. Are you really surprised? He's not saying he's not saying that shit with Baker Mayfield still there. He's gonna be like smash mouth, play action, run the ball. This that he's not gonna be because he's not because Deshaun Watson is more capable of of running, you know, uh, you know, a high you know a high pass volume offense than, than Baker Mayfield is. 
So yeah, that, that's that is not a surprising <laughs> to hear from Kevin Stefanski. <laughs> Bro, they threw the ball 520 times total last year. So oh, boy. I would I would hope that they throw it more with someone that can actually throw the ball. So yeah, yeah. Our next player that we have is Damian Pierce, the running back from Florida that got drafted to the Houston Texans. Um, <clears throat> I know people in in dynasty drafts are looking at this player and they're just like, oh, he has a great chance to start right away. You know, he is a, a fourth round selection. So just be wary of that because the hit rate for running backs outside of day two is very low. But again, he does have a good chance to start because he got a bunch of watched veterans in front of him, like Rex Burkhead and Marlon Mack, who was okay when he had his spot chances at, with the Colts last year. But uh, we did see, his capabilities of being a third, a three down back at Florida with the limited chances he got for whatever reason, Dan Muller didn't really use him in such fashion. But I mean, we've seen him. If you look at the type, you see him line up as a wide receiver. You see him in the backfield. Uh, he, he's just a good all around back. It's just a matter of do we, you know, how how aggressive do you want to attack him if you're looking to, to draft him in, in dynasty rookie drafts. But I think he has a good chance to, you know, get on the field uh, fairly early in his rookie season. So, yeah, no, I, I agree with that. Yeah, if if you have if you have these, you know, like you said, these washed veterans in front of you, yeah, and and a fourth round draft capital for a rookie running back or for a running back isn't as bad as you know as as we think it is, you know, because running backs are already getting pushed to you know to round mid, middle of round two um these days yeah. as it is right they're not getting drafted in the first round anymore so they it the, you know the, the con, you know talks and conversations about running backs start in the, in the second round so yeah. getting drafted in the fourth isn't really that you know that you know that bad thing and um isaiah spiller is our next guy and i think he was drafted in the fourth round as well right by the uh, he- he was fifth. He was actually fifth round by the uh, by the Chargers. Fifth round. Okay. So yeah, um, we we also like Isaiah Spiller. Um, you know, being he he'll probably have an opportunity um, to be the direct backup to to Austin Eckler um, due to what they currently have there right now. Joshua Kelly and Larry Roundtree, gross, yeah. gross puke. Uh, <laughs> um, and yeah, he could easily be the backup by by the first game. I mean, he he has he'll have a you know, well, hopefully he has a strong training camp, and he'll he'll get on the field in preseason and show what he can do, and then he can he can be a uh, you know a solid backup to Austin Eckler. Um, Austin Eckler is you know a lot of people don't know this, but he's a a one point five million cap hit um, to the Chargers if he's released next season. Now Austin Eckler is you know he's 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 been awesome, been very very productive um, for the Chargers. I don't foresee that happening, but it's just something to think about. You know, because you know the shelf life of running backs are obviously a lot shorter than any other position in the league, and um, who knows, maybe Austin Eckler could just completely fall off and fall off by the wayside. Uh, you know, this this year, uh, this or within the next couple of years, you know, due to the due to the potential wear and tear, and you know, he's he's battled his fair share of injuries as well. So that's you know, yeah, that's one thing to keep in mind, but. I do see. I, I I don't foresee this happening, but you know, you, you never know these days, right? You just never know. Every single year, you just every single off season, you see something that you didn't think you would see. You know, take place. A player getting released, a player getting traded. You know, this off season is no different. All, you know, before the off season started, like nobody could have foreseen 
Tyreek Hill, Devontae Adams, Russell Wilson, Amari Cooper, all these guys, or Khalil Mack, all these guys get traded in the span of like two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> so nobody could have foreseen, you know, foreseen that um, taking place. So you just you just never know. But it's, it is something to just kind of keep in the back of your mind, especially if Austin Echo has, you know, somewhat of an underwhelming season uh, in, in 2022. Yeah. Um, and just to go back, he was drafted in the fourth round. He was drafted in the middle of the fourth round. Okay. Uh, not yeah. the fifth round. So, okay. I mean, that's pretty good capital for somebody that we, a lot of people didn't want to believe in or just didn't believe in for whatever reason. But he yep. definitely has a pathway to being at least the pass catching back by game one. Mm-hmm. because of the the yuckness behind him so uh, <laughs> the <laughs> the last player we want to talk about in terms of uh under the radar landing spots is Keontae ingram uh so for him uh he was a uh, running back from from uh texas and usc we did see him get deployed as a you know somebody that could catch the pat catch the ball if he needed to uh he was a, a pretty good productive running back he broke out his second year in college he does have the potential to be the he is well let me take that back he is the direct backup behind uh james connor because ingram uh you know benjamin is built like uh edmonds i'm sure they want to deploy him as the the pass the passing down back so when when connor gets hurt not if when he gets hurt i believe Keontae <laughs> would be <laughs> i believe injury predictor be, over here yeah <laughs> i believe he'll be the 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 first and second down back if they don't add anybody else and if he can beat what Jonathan Ward or whoever else is there. So, but let's keep in mind that this is a six round running back. Like, like they could cut him. He won't even, he could not even make the roster. He might not even make the final 53. Yeah. Yeah. So this is best case scenario that somebody to, you know, keep an eye on at least for, uh, for training camp for sure. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So, now let's talk about the biggest veteran winners by position. Um, the draft, you know, kind of tells a story about how NFL teams think about the the current players that they have on the roster. So, you know, let's go ahead and start it off with quarterback. Who you want to start off with? Uh, I want to start with uh, I want to start with Kyler Murray, uh, quarterback for the Cardinals. You know, I know he's he's he has his contract situation uh, taking place right now, and he's at odds with Arizona, and um, but. You know, he was a big winner on draft night. You know, he, they traded for Hollywood Brown in the first, you know, they traded a first round pick for Hollywood Brown and they drafted the best tight end in the draft, uh, Trey McBride, in round two. And so, you know, that that gives him a couple of, you know, a couple more weapons um, to an already, you know, pretty solid, um, you know, you know, uh, passing attack. Now, they did they did just lose DeAndre Hopkins for six games due to the uh, PED suspension, uh, but they still have Rondell Moore and they still they they re-signed you know 34 year old AJ Green who had a pretty pretty solid bounce back year in 2021 you know very surprising I was pleasantly surprised um, but yeah I, I think I think Kyler Murray is a, is a huge winner here um, you know coming out of the draft I definitely agree with that man um, they got his homie. Hollywood when they did damage in, at OU, so mm-hmm. they're they're telling they're telling them hey, some magic you know, again. Yeah, they're telling them, hey, we we'll do what it takes to keep you here. So I salute Arizona for that. So my uh, quarterback that I have is Jalen Hurts. Again, we talked about this at the beginning of the show. They added AJ Brown and then they signed on a four year deal. So 
on top of them having Devontae, uh, having Dallas Goddard, you know, Quez Watkins when he flashed at times. Uh, you still got Miles Sanders. You still got Kendall Gainwell. So, I mean, the pieces are there. He still got a, 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 a top a top 10 offensive line. So, again, like the pieces are coming together for him. They're expecting him, hey, we give you everything you need now. Come and show us why we should keep you. So, yeah. this is or else we're going to draft the guy in 2023. Yep. And you're going to be sitting there watching with, uh, with, with your boy Gardner Minshew. So, <laughs> figure it out. <laughs> figure it out and figure it out now. So, they've helped him a lot. It's time, it's time to show us. So I believe he's also a big winner of this after this draft. You got anybody else? Yeah, I mean, briefly, we, we already kind of touched on them, but um, the Jets, uh, Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson for the Jets, I mean, I think he's he's also a, a veteran winner. Just, you know, he got three, he, he got three more skill guys um, to add to the arsenal they already had um, from 2021 in Elijah Moore and uh, Michael Carter. But they drafted Garrett Wilson, obviously. Drafted Brees Hall, the top back in the class, and they drafted Jeremy Ruck at the tight end. And so all those will definitely help out a young QB, and they're just trying to load him up with weapons, you know, trying to load, uh, surround Zach Wilson with weapons so he can succeed. So they can find out whether or not, hey, look, do we have our guy or not? Right? I mean, you, check, you, you draft him number two overall. You know, this is what teams need to do. They, you know, you, you have a rookie, you know, a quarterback on a rookie contract. You need to surround him with as much talent as possible and give him the best possible chance to succeed. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. You can just move off of him and then start over, right? So this is, um, you know, the Jets. The Jets are one of the definitely one of the teams that crushed their drafts, you know, this this past weekend, and um, you know, and their offense just got a lot better, uh, in my opinion. So yeah, I, I like I like Zach Wilson's um, you know prospects for twenty twenty two, and he could be this. He could be a, definitely a you know a late round um, sleeper quarterback, you know in in redraft leagues um, and especially and in best ball leagues as well. Because I, I I foresee yeah. a lot of uh, uh, a a few potential spike weeks um, on the horizon with all these weapons around him. Yep, yeah, I definitely agree. All right, so on to running back. My first one is uh, J K Dobbins. They didn't draft anybody of of consequence at the running back spot. He's trying to get back healthy from from his torn ACL. They they got the best center in the draft, rated center in the draft with Tyler Linderbaum. So, I mean, they're and they traded away Hollywood Brown and they drafted two more tight ends. I mean, they're not they're looking to go back to what they know best, which is run the ball and run the ball a lot. So, they must trust they must trust the the you know, the outlook for JK to come back this season and, and be healthy. So I think that's my first one, JK, man. Like, it looks like his will is up. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, you know, and the next, and speaking of a, a, another team that didn't draft, uh, really draft the running back of consequence, the New York Giants, uh, Saquon Barkley. Saquon, how can Saquon Barkley not be a winner um, coming out of this weekend? You know, um, you know they, they, they added, they drafted an offensive lineman in Evan Neal, who's arguably the best offensive lineman in the draft. Um, at number at number what seven overall? I think he, he's I think he's yep. yeah he slipped to number seven overall, which is crazy. He was mostly mocked in the top three, and that just you know that just proves and that kind of goes to show that we nobody had any idea what was going to happen on draft night. You know, having him having him fall um, to them at seven. Um, but yeah, no Sa- Saquon Barkley like right now in, 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 in redraft leagues is going in the third round. Um, I think he's a screaming buy in dynasty. I think he's a, you know. He's going to go at a hell of a value. 
um, you know, this fall in 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 in, in redraft leagues, in best ball leagues. Um, if you remember back to 20, you know you know last year, I mean, he the, the Giants were bringing him along slowly. You know, coming from you know coming back from the ACL injury, he was starting to ramp up his touches. He was starting to look like the old Saquon. Um, there was a couple of plays where he had you know he beat he beat a corner um, on a, on a go route cut back inside and just looked like vintage Saquon. I was like, okay, the sky's back. And then, you know, um, against, you know, against the Cowboys later on, you know, later on that season, he, he was running a slant route and Daniel Jones just completely airmails him. And Saquon Barkley just stepped on somebody's foot. Just a freak, uh, just a freak accident or a freak, a freak ankle injury. And he was never the same after that. So um, I, I like, I like Saquon a lot this year. I, I will be drafting a ton of him wherever I can get them. Um, so that just, just FYI, if you guys play in leagues with me, expect to see a lot of Saquon Barkley on my roster because <laughs> you, know, you, you guys can have the injury PTSD. I will gladly take the discount. I will gladly buy the dip. Um, yeah, he's one of my, you know, you know, top uh, veteran winners, um, coming from this weekend. Yep. I definitely agree with that. And then our last one, uh, for me was Eno Benjamin. So, I know I talked about Keontae Ingram and his potential to, to be the, the, the direct backup, but the pass catching back for the Arizona offense was very high, highly productive. If you remember Edmonds, he only scored two touchdowns, two touchdowns total. And, you know, when he wasn't hurt, he was basically a top 24 running back. Uh, and he leads the team. He leads 116 rushes, almost 600 yards. And then he leads another 40 re- receptions for 300 a little over 300 yards. And that, that could be something that Eno Benjamin walks into right away as the mm-hmm. pass catching back. So I think that's very valuable. So uh, in your redraft, in your redraft leagues, you know, you can look, I mean, I'm pretty sure people won't be looking after looking at him. That could be somebody you can draft in your teams, like just around 13, 14, 15. Like that's a steal. Like you can yeah. use that. Cause Going for free. Yeah. Yeah. For free. If he, he could be on your, your waiver wire, this is somebody that you can, you can depend on when you're when when you have a running back hurt because you know you know it's gonna what's gonna happen. You can never have too many running backs. So I think that's definitely a, a spot that you can look to 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 fill with fill with and, and be and be happy with. On to wide receivers. I you got anybody that you want to talk touch on? Yeah, the first guy I want to touch on is uh our our beloved CD Lamb in, in Dallas. Oh yes. Yeah, oh, CD yes. Lamb is a huge winner uh, coming from this draft weekend. Um, they, you know, they drafted Jalen Tolbert in the third round, um, from, from South Alabama. Um, he's a very solid, he's a, you know, very solid player, very, very solid, small school guy can, can play inside and outside. Um, but the truth of the matter is, I mean, he's not going to really threaten for targets, um, early on in the season. And, um, in, in addition to that, Michael Gallup will still be recovering from his ACL injury. They only signed James Washington from Pittsburgh, who's, who's who was basically buried on the depth chart. So, um, and, and this, and this drafting of Jalen Tolbert should definitely keep, um, should allow the Cowboys to be, hopefully be more creative with CeeDee Lamb and, and move him to the slot and move him around a lot more. And, um, you know, and speaking of the slot, you know, Dak, Dak Prescott targeted the slot the ninth most in 2021. And he, and he, and per PFF, he graded as the seventh best, um, when targeting the slot. So we should see. You know, another climb um, for, you know, for CeeDee Lamb uh, in, in 2022. He's, he's obviously he's improved. 
his first his first two years in the league. But you know, you don't really truly have your your absolute peak or your absolute you know smash year until like three years, three or four or five. So this um, this is hopefully going to be the start of you know a CD Lamb season. Yeah, I definitely agree with everything you said for sure. Uh, my wide receiver that I want to talk about is is uh, Rashad Bateman. Uh, we talked about it with with uh, kind of alluding to it at the beginning. You know, they traded Hollywood Brown to Arizona. Uh, they traded. They didn't add any wide receiver of consequence at all. All they did was add a, a center on the offense. So it's pretty much Shoddy B's wide receiver one. So Shoddy B. Yeah, man. So this is definitely, definitely, this is what some people were hoping for last year, his rookie season. We saw glimpses of it, but now he is the number one wide receiver. So him and him and Andrew should have everything they should to handle. And I, I mean, there's really nothing else to say about this. Like he, he, he's, he's a big, big winner out of this draft. So who you got next? Uh, the next guy, uh, I want to talk about, you know, Gabriel Davis. Um, you can just go ahead and just lock him into the the number two wide receiver, uh, you know, chair um, behind Stephon Diggs. Um, they, the the only wide receiver they really drafted that that's worth a damn was drafted in, in round five. So you know, Gabe Davis, um, the hype train continues on. <laughs> there's there's nothing there's nothing to threaten him um, at this moment in time, and uh, he's 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 thoroughly locked into the number two, and he's a big winner. And my last one is Alan Lazard. Um, I mean, you had Devontae Adams. He's gone. They added Christian Watson. But I, I believe Christian Watson, at least this first year, he's just basically taking the MVS role. He's, he's built like him. He's fast like him. He's going to come in really raw. And Alan Lazard and Randall Cobb, for whatever that's worth, are the only two trusted wide receivers that he has. Uh, they so, did sign Sammy Watkins, too. Don't forget. Oh, don't, yeah, disres- they, oh, yeah. don't disrespect oh, yeah, Sammy bad. Watkins. <laughs> Don't disrespect Watkins. Injury prone Watkins. <laughs> you're right. You're right. Um, but Alan Lazard is the most trusted wide receiver they have. And this is over 200, 220, about 224 targets vacated from MBS and, and uh, Devontae. So, I mean, there's a lot. There, somebody has to take up those. I'm assuming Aaron Jones would be one of them. That's another wide running back that kind of came up from this because he's going to get a lot more receiving work. And yeah. I believe Alan Lazard is going to be a, another winner also because, again, this is the most trusted wide receiver that's on like in their wide receiver room currently. So I expect to see a big jump from him. I mean, this past year he had 40, 40 receptions for 513 yards and eight touchdowns, eight. So he could he could very much well be in the 120 target range, 80 to 90 receptions, double-digit touchdowns, and this is, I mean, those numbers, that's top. That's a top 15 season right there. Yeah, so, that's, that's definitely wide receiver, borderline wide receiver one, high yeah. wide receiver two numbers for sure. Yeah, so so people, I know people are definitely sleeping on him on, and in Dynasty, he could have been a throw-in in trades, redraft, redraft, I'm sure people are looking at him double digits. This dude should probably be looking in the sixth, Best seventh ball. round. Yeah, best ball, definitely someone to look at. So I believe this is Will's up for it for Alan Lazard. 
<laughs> those 224 t- vacated targets, I bet like 180 of them were fucking from uh, Devontae Adams. Bruh, it was 170 <laughs> from, from, from uh, Devontae, man. Oh, that was close. I was close. Yeah, you were. It's, yeah, that just lets you know he's a monster, man. man. Monster. Yeah. All right, so our last group that we want to talk about is the biggest veteran losers by position. I go ahead and start us off with quarterback. Um, we touched on it at the very beginning. Um, Justin Fields. Justin Fields, big loser uh, this, 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 um, after this draft. I mean, Chicago just hasn't done shit this offseason to really help him. And it, it, it's sad. It, it, it pains me. pains me to, 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 to say this. You know, again, seven undrafted wide receivers, undrafted free agent wide receivers um, that they signed, and, and it's and, and they and they reached on a, uh, a basically a day three guy who's about to be twenty five years old. Um, yeah, he's fast and everything, he's explosive, but I don't really see him as much of of, of a of a of a natural receiver as I see him as a you know special teams a special teams guy, return punts and kicks, and, and again, that's fine and dandy, but. You know, Justin Fields needs, you know, needs all the help he can get on offense. And, um, you know, you know, there's a there's a silver lining that, you know, maybe, you know, since he has a new offensive coordinator, maybe they'll have, you know, more design runs for him, um, you know, this this upcoming year. You know, because last year with, you know, with Matt Nagy in the fold, only six percent, he only he, he only had only six percent of design runs, um, which is significantly low. And that's not what you want to see uh, from a guy as talented. And with the upside that Justin Fields possesses, um, you know, it's, you know, in, and despite that, you know, the last, you know, four out of the last five weeks in 2021, he had, you know, four QB one finishes. Um, you know, he's a top 12 quarterback. So he was starting to get a little bit better um, as the season, you know, went on. But, you know, early on, it was ugly. It was ugly, 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 ugly as hell. Um, but, you know, hopefully with a new offensive philosophy um, this, this, this upcoming year that, you know, then maybe they can you know, do some things with him to kind of mask a lot of the a lot of the, the deficiencies and the the lack of skill players around him. Um, to, you know, to see you know to see how he can to, to see how he can uh, succeed. But he's definitely a a, a veteran loser um, coming out of this draft. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. The last two quarterbacks that we believe are vet, uh, veteran losers is first one's Tannehill. Again, we talked about this. He could be cut to almost nothing against the cap. He had doesn't look like they're going to offer him a new contract and they got their cheap cheap bridge quarterback at least waiting behind him if he ever fucks up or anything like that with Malik Malik Willis so. And then also Lamar Jackson like they you get rid of a weapon, you get help on the offensive line and you get just a bunch of tight ends. I mean, it looks like they're reverting back to, you know, let's run the, the wing team. Yeah, run the ball 50, 60 times and, you know, throw the ball 15, 20 times. Uh, I know they don't want him to run as much. So, again, maybe it looks like they're, they're, they trust that both their running backs that tore their ACLs last year are, are fairly healthy. So, uh, it sucks for him because on top of that, he's ho- trying to hold out for a new contract. So, uh, it, it might get a little messy once we get closer to – to the start of the season. Yeah, um, yeah, definitely. Let's talk about running backs. Who you got for, for running backs that they lost? Um, we touched on Moss and Singletary, um, you know, earlier in the, earlier in the show. But, you know, one, you know, we can talk about a particular backfield 
Um, the Seattle backfield, they all lose, right? They, they just all lose. Like Chris Carson, um, who is still, according to uh, head coach Pete Carroll, is still day-to-day with a neck injury. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I remember when that was said, and that was just absolutely absurd. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, that, that neck injury is probably going to derail his career. I don't know if he's going to be ready. You know, they, they said he's going to be ready by training camp. Um, obviously the last year when it happened, he said they, they, you know, Pete Carroll said he was day to day. That obviously wasn't the case. Um, but you know, they did resign Rashad Penny, Rashad Penny. And, uh, he had a very solid end of the 2021 season where he just went on an absolute tear. I think he had like 700 yards, in like five games, including the, in the season finale, uh, having 190 against the Cardinals, 190, like that was, that's insane. So, uh, but you know, they drafted Kenneth Walker at number 41 overall and, He's, I think he's gonna just walk in um, and be the starter in day one, um, and then you know they're gonna they're just gonna revert to you know, they're just gonna resort to a committee a committee situation until you know one of those two guys leave one of those other two guys leave um, you know probably not gonna retain Rashad Penny um, in twenty twenty three I think Chris Carson is probably on his way out as well so the the backfield will be all Kenneth Walkers in twenty twenty three but in twenty twenty two it's probably gonna be most likely going to be a committee or a timeshare of sorts, but he will he will he will most certainly be the leader um, in that in that group. Um, it's as as soon as week one, in, in my opinion. So, yeah that 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 entire backfield though, definitely definitely veteran losers. Yeah, definitely It's a mess that I don't even want to want to deal with, especially with you know Mister Coach Establishment. So yeah, team Establishment. I don't even want to entertain that backfield. Uh, another w- running back is Michael Carter, running back for the Jets. You just you saw the Jets draft Brees Hall pretty much at the top of the draft in the second round. Where yeah, running backs start to go. We're running backs yeah. start to go. And we and we and we knew that the Jets were were, were gonna target a running back with yep. one of their th- one, with one of their picks in the thirties. Like that was if if we knew one thing coming out of the draft or going into the draft was that the Jets we're going to address the running back position with one of those uh, 30 picks. So, yep. Yeah. Yep. Definitely worried. So, Michael Carter, you are now just a third down back. You are no longer getting the first or second down work. So, yeah, to see it. You are you are a loser. Yeah. And and the last the last guy we want to touch on really quick, um he's possibly a loser is Antonio Gibson, uh Washington uh running back for the Commanders. They drafted Brian Robinson Jr. in the third round um out of Alabama. And this is this is a uh, it's a, it's a, it's one of the fears that people had um, going into the draft, especially when watch when when Washington was going to you know you know target a running back in round two or round three. This was one of the fears, and Brian Robinson is a, is a, a, a very very nice uh, inside zone runner. He may be he may be in there in in uh, in, in in goal line situations. We, so we this definitely hurts Antonio Gibson, most certainly hurts uh, Jared Patterson, and and hurts uh, JD McKissick as well. So he's gonna he's going to be he's gonna be in the mix um, early on. And as I said earlier in the show, you know running backs, you know at, they start getting drafted in round two. He was drafted in round three. Brian Robinson was drafted in round three. So that's pretty high draft capital for a running back now, these days, this day and age. And so he's going to be in the mix um, pretty early on, uh, and I, in my opinion. And um, so, yeah, this does not bode well for Antonio Gibson. 
he's still going to be the starter. He's still going to get get the majority of the touches, but the potential that he had prior to this draft pick, um, it, it, it takes a, it takes a hit. Unfortunately, it takes a hit. Yeah, I'm a little worried. Um, which leads us to another question of cap or no cap. Mm-hmm. Gibson last season had what 258 carries for 1,037 yards. Do we believe that he will average over 200? Well, will he receive over 250 carries and then over 40 receptions last year uh, for this coming season? I, I believe he had 42 receptions in in 2021. So yeah. cap or no cap? Um, th- if I were to set a line for this for maybe his total touches, I'd probably set his his line at like 274 and a half, and I would take the under. I would take the under. I don't see how he can replicate um, this kind of usage um, because he, he was dinged up. And again, this this draft pick of, of this draft pick of Brian Robinson Jr. signaled that hey, we want to keep them. We don't. We want to keep him fresh, and we and and they and it also in a way serves as an insurance policy for him um, to make sure that hey, look, if something happens to him, we have a, a very capable guy, a between tackles guy, can run inside, can run, run outside. Um, very solid for Alabama um, in 2021. So this is this is definitely um, it's definitely capped to, to suggest that he'll have over this amount over this this amount of targets and this or this amount of catches and this amount of carries again. So I think if I were set if I were to set a line, I would set it at 274 and a half, and I would smash the under, smash mm. the under. Mm-hmm. Damn man. Just when we thought he might might be something, and you get the news. I mean, we saw we saw uh, Rivera. I saw a report before the draft when we went on and talked about our our bold predictions um, with Mike and Adam on the 4D chess. My third prediction was that Brian Robson that Washington would draft a running back in day two, mm-hmm. and I, it would be either Brian Robinson, uh, Kenneth Williams, or or uh, Brees Hall, and they took they took uh, Robinson. So I figured that they were going to spend day two capital because they also said that whenever uh, Rivera brings in people to to visit, that he usually that's usually a signal that he's drafting somebody from that that bunch. And he visited Brian Robinson, so he visited <laughs> all four. To, he visited all four of the top running backs. So with well, a uh, smoke, there's fire. Yeah, man. So and that's I'm that a little was speculation. That was the that was the crux of all the speculation. He brought in all those running backs. He didn't bring them all just just to waste his time. He yeah. planned on drafting at least one of those running backs, and that's what happened. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. It's it's a little scary. So I would be definitely in in dynasty. I would be looking to you know possibly get off of him, and hopefully you can get a first back. Uh, I would I would assume you could, but yeah. I would try to get off of him if it was me. So. On to wide receivers. So, Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool. So, the only reason why I say these are losers is because Claypool is looking at almost like a clone of his with George Pickens. I mean, Claypool still has two more years before he before they decide they're going to pay him. But somebody like Deontay, this is his last year. Pittsburgh has shown that they don't pay wide receivers after their rookie contract. The only person they've done it to was A.B. Everybody else, gone. They had to go get their money elsewhere. So yeah. if I'm a betting man, I don't think the Steelers are going to pay Deontay unless Deontay takes some kind of discount, man, because the Steelers are cheap. Them. Yeah, the Steelers are fairly cheap when it comes to paying 
you know, the skill position players. If you're not a quarterback, if you're not an O lineman, D lineman, they ain't paying, man. So hopefully, hopefully they get something done uh, for Deontay. Yeah. And then just to kind of piggyback off of that. Yeah. Like they can definitely use, like right now, like going, like before going into contract negotiations, the Steelers already have leverage. They already have leverage. Because what, the, what, what's the one thing they can say? Oh, we draft wide receivers like like that. Like yep, yep. We, we, we draft and develop wide receivers better than anybody in the league. We don't yep. need you. You better take yep. what we offer you. If not, then you can you can go walk. They told yep. they 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 basically have shown us this every almost every single time that you know uh, a, a talented Steelers wide receiver is due to be paid, with the exception of Antonio Brown, who's 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 just generational and they just they had to pay him right. Um, but Santonio Holmes didn't pay him. Mike Wallace didn't pay him. Um, even Emmanuel Sanders had to leave and get money elsewhere yep. Uh, yep. when he was in Pittsburgh. So there's a lot of these different wide receivers in Pittsburgh that you know they just they just don't get their second con- they don't they don't get that second contract. And uh, yeah, um, I, I didn't I didn't think of this uh, until we started talking pre-show. But this <laughs> Deontay Johnson is going to be a free agent. He's going to probably demand a lot in the market, and Pittsburgh is probably not going to pay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> probably not going to pay. You, you saw how hesitant they were to go pay TJ. Yeah, yeah. So like they're probably not going to pay. So that's and then and then when Chase Claypool is, is due to get due to get an extension, he's not going to get paid. They're probably they're probably looking to to trade him. Um, you know, this offseason or next. Later this offseason or next. And they didn't pay Juju on top of that too. They didn't pay Juju. <laughs> yeah, that's another. That's that's the most recent guy, Juju. They let him walk. You know they he because you know they could have they could have re-signed him for a for for a mega deal, but they only gave him one, a one a one year um, last year, and then they let him walk. So yeah, this you know there's there's a lot of a lot of indicators out there that you know that would suggest that Deontay Johnson is probably not going to play or is not going to be back with Pittsburgh unless he takes a significant discount um, this off season. You know this is a good exercise. You know just kind of talk through you know teams players. It helps you kind of organize what we saw this past weekend and how you could potentially maneuver in your in your redrafts that are com- might be coming up or definitely your dynasty leagues you know what redrafts are happening now up until you know training camp or before the end of, uh before the start of the season so we wanted to do this for for the people just to you know maybe talk about some players and situations that you might not have thought of uh before you head into uh, your 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 rookie drafts, or if you're looking to you know make moves to, to freshen up your roster. So, uh, Ike, you got anything before before we leave? You know, we appreciate y'all you know tuning in and you know, lending us your ears. You know, once again, it's, you know we just episode 25. We appreciate y'all rocking with us. Um, please continue to rocking with us. We're under the Destination Debbie uh, Network. Um, anywhere you can find your podcast, you know Google, Spotify, Apple. You know, we're on, we're under the uh, you know the destination debut umbrella. You can find wonderful content there. You know the 4D chess guys that we've mentioned. Um, you know Ray GQ, um, the, you know, the Wake Up Show, Elite Seekers. If you want to look at you know um, future high school pro, you know uh, high school prospects um, in their future, um, you know the future that they'll that they'll have. So yeah, we have a lot of a lot of dope content. You know a team you know a team that's just gr- you know grinding out uh, you know, content you know, each and every week. So. You know, keep it locked. You know, tune in and um, follow us on Twitter. Follow me at just underscore Ico nine. Uh, follow Gene at Fantasy Genes, and then follow the official Twitter page at Off the Line FF.
Yeah, man. You know, until a couple of weeks, we won't be here next week, but we'll be here the week after. You know, we'll start start breaking down some more, you know, team by team by division, hopefully to, to give y'all what. So up until, you know, until we get closer to the NFL season. So until then, you know, be active in your in your fantasy leagues. Let's make some moves. Good luck to you in your fantasy drafts, your fantasy rookie drafts, if you have those. So, you know, we'll catch y'all ne- next time. Peace out.